Hi, this is Jared Croker. Why are you listening to this podcast? These guys know nothing. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. Blake. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast coming out to you on the internet. <clears throat> Sponsored by, or with the dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Raiders number one fan forum. Get online and get, I don't know, what are engaging. we saying? Engaging. Engaging. I still think it's arguing, but get engaging, you know, ever you Engage with your fellow Raiders fans. And brought to you with the cash money sponsorship of Landspeed Records, the finest independent record store, CD store, music store, fashion store, posters, whatever you like, in Canberra. Come in and get your paraphernalia from people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And we are coming to you from the filthiest storeroom hidden somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No. It's also very cold too, I might add. Oh, I'm wearing my jacket today. <laughs> I'm looking very stylish, as you would probably understand. Looking very, very stylish. Um, well, it's it's not a... S- stylish as someone who looks as though he's dressed by... Um... Dressed by what? Lowe's. Yeah. So, what's wrong with Lowe's? <laughs> the business it's section. the rugby league <laughs> house of clothing. If I'm... If I'm being wearing clothes by Lowe's, I mean, that not that being loyal to our code, our great code of rugby league? Sure. Rugby league, sorry. Um, okay, so the Broncos match that was that was uh, turned out to be all right. Yeah, well, look, the first half, um, the Broncos looked you know quite good, and I, I guess they have looked quite good in, in, in first halves of a number mm. of games. Um, they had a lot of running, particularly um, Haas and uh, and Fafita looked very good in the first very half. Very good, and Katoni Stags. Yeah, and Katoni Stags as well. Um, just on Katoni Stags, he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, that 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 kid. Not not probably probably not for his goal kicking, but for his no, uh, but for his running with his ball, his position, fast and his strength, strong. his speed, yeah. and his brain. And he's a kid, and he's that good already. If he had anybody around him that was any good, he. I mean, well, he does have someone who's good around him is good this year, but they won't be there next year. And yeah, that's they Dave won't Fafita. be. And they, he was because that's a great combination. It is, but Fafita was magical in the first half, wasn't he? He was br- he was brilliant, and and really had our defence of Croker and um, Rappiner and Whitehead in trouble yeah. a lot of the time, both for strength, <clears throat> speed and everything. They had them in a lot of trouble and to a large extent they were hanging on. But in the second half, you know, Fafita wasn't wasn't sided off the heads. He, they dropped away. They but dropped he away, disappeared. But he could yeah. have had so much more of an impact on that match. When, but, I mean, that's the when cri- Payne Haas went off, the Broncos were gone. Yeah, well that's the criticism of the Broncos, isn't it? When, when the going gets tough, you know, they don't have the leadership out there and they don't have Oh, it's, look, it's a lot. And they've it's got a, so many injuries. That, yeah. that that's fair. But at the same time, we've got injuries too. We're we're missing five first grade players. They're missing slightly more. But I, I would say that just overall, they just they just don't have the depth to go through. They were just horrible, except for Stags, Carrigan, and Haas, and for Fafita for moments. Really, who else did you think was good? I mean, could Darius Boyd have got off the field faster after full time? Yeah, I think he literally sprinted around to every Raiders player to shake their hands. And, and he was off the field um, before, you know, the referees had even picked <laughs> up the ball and were leaving. You know, he was gone. So, you know, you can see he can't wait to get off. Great thing from the match was no injuries. Yeah. Well, we, we, we actually, it was a rarity, but um, we had the opportunity to rest some players, take mm. some players off in the back end of yeah. the, the second half. And then there was partially, I think, because the guys that came off the bench did such a great job. They did. Um, Corey Huirinara was was great. It's it's hard to see him playing. I mean, I I know they took Elliot off and he did play 
yeah on on the edge um, towards the end there but looks like his home's more in the middle oh, I think it's more in the middle too he's and so he's big. massive now he's really big you know I never yeah. realized quite how big he I was. think he's I think he's got I think as we were saying in in the in the break he was doing a lot of um not much speed work but a lot of a lot of weights. a lot of, a lot That's of exactly garage heavy doing. lifting and yeah he's he's got some size and some and, and some of the running in There's that second speed half there too. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was good to see. Yeah, I th- thought he was great. Um, I thought um, when they brought uh, Saliva back on and he went into the middle, um, he did very well too. He that's was, his. That's his best position, I think it is. In yeah. coming back in for that, but I mean, you know, the the players who really stood out to me, and you know, we haven't really decided yet. We'll have to do a live decision on you know who gets the land speed. No, it's been match. awarded. Uh, who'd we awarded to? It's it's it's. There's two winners this week. Oh. We could, I couldn't separate. Bateman and um, Williams. So in an okay. unprecedented move, they, two ten dollar vouchers. That's okay, right. So Johnny and, and Georgie, um, there's a ten dollar voucher for both of you under the front counter at Land Speed Records. Uh, come in and get it. Um, well, we get we get we're getting a fair pile. And who knows? At some stage, someone might show up to collect one. I could just see um, me being, or probably both of us being in this back office, getting a knock on the door and saying, one of the girls saying, oh, there's some guy called." Dynamis, he's, he, he he's, wants his $20 worth of vouchers. <laughs> so, absolutely. absolutely. It would be, be a very confusing moment for for all. Yeah, yeah. No, well, except for the fact that we will honour those, yeah. oh, yeah. those vouchers. No empty promise. No, no, it's no empty promise. They will be uh, be honoured. Um, but uh, I thought uh, the other player who I... There were two other players I particularly thought were good. Uh, Jay Tarpanay. Yes. I thought he was excellent. This, and two offloads. But this is why I've said... You know, people, including yourself, have said they'd like to see him stay in the game at lock. I like to see him come on when Papali comes off, because then you just don't lose. You just don't lose that intensity. He comes on and he's got that footwork. He's got the offloads were key, great offloads. Oh yeah, no, two tries. offloads were. Different. But also too, I, he hadn't been on the field more than a minute, and he's already scrappling and squared up to Payne Haas, who up to that point had been really tearing as a new one. So, mm. yeah, he comes on. He's not intimidated. He stands up for himself. Mm. As we've said previously, he does have a bit of a hot wire in his head. He, he can does. He can overstep because the mark. Because the things he done and said. Yeah, he can overstep the mark. But in this game, he didn't. He controlled his aggression. He mm. was loose. He was free. Yeah, he was... Mm. He was a big part oh, yeah. of the success totally. in the oh, second look, half. But the person who twi- who at least one of those times got the offload and made... Re- one was CNK, but the other one was Tommy Starling. Um, like, what's he got? Nine games under his belt now. He's won every one. The Raiders have won every, every game. He's single played. play. But the thing was, and I had a great interview with him after the match, and they let me speak to him for about ten minutes, and he was so honest. Like he was so upfront. Like he's loving it, and he's like, you know, like. I'm this guy who hasn't really been given a chance and I have to take every opportunity I well, get. Well, one of the things that's been made of him was, and this is one of the reasons I've thought that, you know, we're not starting him and I still think probably keeping him off for the start is probably the way Ricky will go. But um, one of the things you think he's a bit small to defend in the middle, but God, his defence, he's picking up people and dumping them. And there was a stat that came out after that game or around the time of that game was something like 100 tackles and in a row no with no misses. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's right. incredible. That's right, but I know the last miss that he had was against North Queensland when Jason Taumalolo ran over the top of him. Because yeah, there was well, no point. shame. There's no, no shame. there is no shame, but there are certain players that Tommy can't won't be able. To, if he does, I'll be very impressed. Now we thought Georgie would be, you know, and Georgie's been singled out a number of times by big boppers and brought them down. The question is whether Tommy could do that too. And you know, there is an argument if you want to bring him on the first twenty. Maybe run him at seven, have Georgie at nine, and then swap them after 20. I don't think that's happening. I think especially after... I know there was... Last week's episode, there was talk of George Williams at nine. There was talk of Sam Williams coming to the team. There's, some people even seem to like your suggestions. 
I mentioned some of the people there. They didn't. They didn't just like after the, idea. the dominant performance of George Williams in playing a traditional halfback, halfback role, role yeah. in this game. It was very good. It was Back to the Future. It yeah. was he was like Ricky Stewart and Jack White, and one was uh, like Laurie Daly, and a couple of times instead of them being parked on either sides, they were together. And, and basically up to that point, George Williams, especially minus Bateman, George Williams found himself parked on the. The, the fairly dud side of the field. Yeah, he's now been able to come across link up with the left, and yeah, it's, it's the try where Croker inexplicably, instead of passing to Rapina, went outside and kicked. Yeah, um, which I don't understand. Unfortunately, came off, so there's no problem with it at all. But he should have passed to Rapina. Maybe, maybe he wanted to uh, have an easier kick, but his his radar was was his was radar was hundred percent on six from six. You can't do that. But in that particular try, George Williams does a great pass to go to Whiten and puts Whiten into a great position. Whiten runs at the line, draws two in, and then does the most magnificent pass out to Croker, which gives Croker just an open hole in front of him. And it was that pass from Williams and then to Whiten and then on, and those two playing cahoots, you're right, it looked dangerous, didn't it? Well, the passing exchange as well, the one uh, in the, also in the second half, to Rapinoe, the one where he, he lost control of the ball yeah, in yeah. going out of the line. That was really nice, the, the passing between White oh, and yeah, Croker. Yeah. And the Croker flick was yeah. really superb. And, Croker and had look, a great match too. He did. And, and and especially in the first half, we've just mentioned that both Rapinoe and Croker were really under the pump in the first half with Stags and Fafita coming at them. But they didn't break. No. And this is the thing. They were in trouble, but they didn't break. You know, like when they finally, you know, the first, the first try came, I don't think it went through Croker. No, it was on the other side. It was oh, the, no, no it, was that side. it was on that side, yeah. but it didn't go through Croker. No, what happened was Croker got caught in the middle. That's right. He got caught in the middle, and he was and way the second try position. was right on the other side, and was just unlucky. It came off. Nick just didn't gather it and went up into Herbie Farm to its arms. That was, yeah, that. he should have done better with that one. That was right in front. Well, I was sitting right but I in thought, that corner. I thought Cotridge right had a really good game after that. He I did. Think. He did, and you could see that we will miss him. I will definitely miss him. Yeah, yeah. It's very sad that he's going. I don't, I, I don't like that he's going. But that was the first time the Raiders have scored over 30 points in a match since round 20, 2019, where we beat the Warriors 46-12 over in New Zealand. So that's the first decent scoreline that we've, we've, we've clocked up. Yeah. And the thing is, in the next, in the last seven matches, we actually have a couple of matches where we have a chance to get our for and against up. But we're still so far, we're still like 100 points behind the Roosters, you know what I mean? So we did improve it by 30 we points. We are, we're 100 points behind them, but we're going into a stage where... We now have got the ability to put some points on the Titans this weekend, and I think we will. Then we go out and we play Canterbury at home, where we've got the opportunity to put points on again. We take the Roosters at home, where if we beat them, we're instantaneously putting on double points. If we lose to them, that's a bit of a trouble. Then we've got St. George Illawarra away, which, you know, like they may beat us, but we'll probably score some points there. Then we've got the Warriors at home. I, so I don't think there. we should get ahead of and ourselves. Then the show, I don't think we should get ahead of ourselves either. Because people were but, saying to me, Ahead of the um, the game against the Cowboys, oh, this is a real opportunity for us to boost the four and against. And I was oh, like, yeah, oh, we knew, I don't, we I knew don't... that was a scrubby one to twelve. We said it at the time. Yeah, I don't, I didn't see it coming that way, and and we were right. Yeah, no, we, we said it as a thing. Uh, look, there there was something that um, made me a little bit irritated about that match. In fact, you might say it ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what grinds my gears, Blake? Did you? It, does anyone have the displeasure of sitting down on a Monday and watching Graham Annesley's review of the atrocities over the weekend? No, no. I well, I, I do. I do watch that because there is some, you know, bizarre feeling I have inside well, to just, really piss myself off by listening to that monkey justifications. Well, trying to make trying to make just, justifications 
and the ludicrous things that he comes up with. So we went to a captain's challenge in the first half yeah. where the initial decision was Raiders knock on, that, that Raiders one. knock on and that I've Jack Watton had knocked it on. I, re- I was at the ground on the game, at the game watching it live. Now you're and on then, the other side of the field. Yeah, you know, I was on the other side of the field and also you couldn't hear the ref's mic yeah. that whole time. You couldn't hear what he was saying. I so it was like there was, hear it. there was a very long extended appearance of silence where everyone was wondering what, what was happening. Yeah. But then I rewatched the, in preparation for the podcast, I watched the replay last yeah, yeah. night and they actually thought that the Broncos had challenged. The commentators had no idea what was they, happening. They didn't know what had gone on because they'd had a good view of what had happened. But what's happened in that particular instance is Whiten has reached out and knocked on the hand, on the arm of, yeah. uh, I think it's Turpin, just yeah. before he got injured. Yeah, it was. Um, and he's knocked on his arm and the ball has come loose. Now, I personally don't think it was knocked on. I don't think it went forward. I still think it went back. But that was what they called it. it was a handling error or a breakdown in play. So, But they called a knock-on against the Raiders. Yeah, they called a knock-on saying that Whiten had hit the ball yeah. down. The Raiders subsequently picked the ball up from that process. They then, the Raiders say, no, we didn't knock that on because Jack said I didn't touch the ball and said it to Toots. And Toots has basically gone, we'll challenge it. So they've gone upstairs to challenge whether it was a knock-on or not. Steve Clark's up in the booth, gets the challenge, looks at it, and his first comment is, well, Jack Whiten's offside. I know, and that's why I heard that, because we couldn't hear the ref would hear that. I said, he's off, he's offside. Um, Not but, square at Mark or whatever. Let, and we'll go on with a play. No, Jack Whiten doesn't touch the ball. Um, so it goes on, and we'll play out for this. And he's coming back, and he says, you know, we, we uphold the challenge. And then Clark got concerned, because he's thinking to himself, well, I uphold the challenge, because it's not a knock-on but this guy's offside and that's what he ends up coming and Chris Sutton bless him and you know I have no love for the Sutton boys Chris Sutton comes back and says no I've already ruled on the offside he's not offside no he he said Chris Sutton said you can't the bunker can't rule on that the bunker can't rule on offside no 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 he said I've already ruled on that no he said you can't rule on that no 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 he clearly said I've already ruled on that and he we might have to go to the tape on this one we may we may we can go back but I'm almost positive he said I've already ruled on that because when you look at the replay, and Annesley's going over and said, well, here's the thing where we got it wrong. It was a breakdown. It was a breakdown, you know, like who could do what? And he was saying basically that Clark could overcall that and say it was offside. And then he was saying Jack Whiten is not square at marker and therefore is offside and can't do it. Now, here's the problem with that. In the replay, it clearly shows that Whiten's got his hands, both hands, his left hand on Turpin's right shoulder and his right hand on Turpin's left shoulder. So he is literally standing directly in line with him. Although he does step out with his left foot when ter- when the, the guy's playing the ball. Sorry, he has his hands on the person playing the ball. Though he does step out with his left foot in order to hit Turpin's arm, his Look, right foot at no stage removes from where it was grounded. And ruling... that means he can't be offside because if he is offside doing that, every single player you ever see defending their own line with one foot behind the try line and the rest in front, they're all offside. Yeah, but the rule on the try line is you only have to have one foot behind the line. That's right, but that's because that is... It's the same with the sideline. If one foot's over the sideline, it's over the sideline. All of you's over the sideline when you catch the ball. You're in touch. I don't like that rule either. But this is the rule. If Whiten's foot never, ever moves from that position, he is in line the entire time. So where Clark and Annesley get, he's offside. The replay clearly shows, in spite of the fact it's coming diagonal, he's not offside. But here's the key thing behind it. The angle they used for the replay was diagonal to the play. Chris Sutton is standing directly behind the play the ball, which is why he said, 
I've already ruled on that. He's not offside. He clearly says I've already done it. And Annesley comes out with this utter gobshite that basically says, oh, oh, we got it wrong because it should have been overruled. No, it shouldn't have been overruled. You actually got to the right decision. You just did it really, really poorly. But you coming out and talking shit again, Annesley? Oh, for God's sake, spare me. It grinds my gears. I think the whole ball clearing the ruck, whether it's a penalty or not, is a little bit of a grey area and a bit confusing. My understanding is, yeah, you can't grab the hand until they have either stepped out or... He'd stepped out. That's that's the grey area. There wasn't a problem with that, but what they were trying to anyway, justify it on just didn't exist. Anyway, let's move on. we're let's going move to on. our new segment, which proved very popular, which is Ask Clown of the Week. <laughs> And we're both going to be nominating our own Ask Clown of the Week. Yes, well, we, last week's inaugural winner was um, Braith and Nastra, and it, we could take an easy route and pretty much just go back with Braith. Braith every week. Braith, but, but perpetual Ask Clown of the Week. Because I'm sure he said something stupid, but fortunately, he wasn't Guaranteed. He wasn't calling the Raiders game. Oh, so if I you didn't... don't follow it already, people, there is a Twitter site called Shit What Braith Says, and yeah. I, I go and do it because if you're ever missing any crap that he does come up with, these guys will point it out yeah. to you. Anyway, go on. Um... We could run with Braith every single week, but we, 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 we didn't. We didn't have to be inflicted to Braith no. through the Raiders match. We got the old flog, yeah, yeah. who was much better. Who is an old flog, but at least knows what the hell he's looking yeah, at. Yeah, he's he's not completely. He might hate us, have clueless. everything against us. We'll never say anything nice about it. At least he can analyze the game. Exactly. So anyway, so instead of going the safe option, which would be to go Braith every week, which we mm. probably will be, we'll revisit Braith at some point. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll force us to. But um, I'm going after a sacred cow. Because one of the things the listeners like about me is, unlike you, I'm not afraid to speak my mind and I'm not afraid to sit, to offend people. So, in terms of sacred cows, uh, they don't come much bigger than Mal Meninga. But Mal, for his comments post... You're just shaking your head, just looking very upset. Mal, for his comments post uh, Kevin Proctor getting charged for biting, saying that he was... He was he felt that his life was in danger and he was, he was fighting for his life and... <laughs> That was ludicrous, and it makes you an ass clown male to suggest such a thing. I know you've had the odd gaff, and look, we still love you. We still love you. You're still, still the Raiders captain, inaugural premiership. I still love Mel Meninga, but yeah, you made a bit of an ass clown of yourself with those comments, Mel. And to add insult to injury, he's also getting fined as well. Did you see that? Because it's this is the problem when you have these uh, these conflicts of interest and blurred lines where you're like the head of a club and a commentator as well. You can't really speak on these matters publicly because you might prejudice the case. Yeah, look, I um, I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted that you that Mal would suggest that you would go after Mal Meninga. Mal the cows in our club don't come any more sacred than Mal Meninga, and the idea that you would have but you got to call it as you see it. Otherwise, you're like otherwise I become like you, and the show becomes boring. No, 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 no. You've got to recognise when you're inside the tent pissing out, not on the outside of the tent pissing in. And I think that's where your mindset's not there. Mal, for good. Better or worse is ours, and will always. He's be not ours. really, but he's also the Titans. Yeah, no, he's also I mean, the Titans. The, the whole time he's been in the Titans, if he could, he would have signed Nick Kotrick, He would have signed John Bateman. He would have signed Jack White, and so or Josh Papali if he could. I'm sure he's made calls to all of them at various stages. Yeah, and he is still Mal Meninga, the inaugural premiership winning captain of the Canberra Raiders, three time premiership winning captain, our immortal, Im- immortalised in bronze. He is Mal Meninga, and I, I refuse that you would call in the ass clown of the week. You know, one of the moments that I really... What did, just... what did you think about his comments? That that Kevin Proctor was clearly fighting for his life and he felt his life was Here's in danger. Here's what I think about his comments. Mal Meninga is a Canberra Raider of the core. He is our most sacred player. He is immortalised in bronze and I have his back 100%. 
And any comments that I have to make to Mal Meninga about things that I disagree with, I'll be saying to Mal Meninga in private. And I will not be airing my dirty washing in front of well, the public. I'm entitled to my opinion. You and, are entitled and, and, to your opinion. And, and I'm sure there's plenty of listeners that agree with me. Yeah, I'm sure there are. <laughs> it was a ludicrous to you too. Yeah, no. Look, the moment that I... I always loved Mal. I've always loved Mal. Mal is one of those people who, you know, like... I don't think he has that many natural enemies. Maybe Terry Lamb, but, you know. Um, what was the name of the... Michael the, O'Connor? Uh, the guy... Yeah, oh, definitely Michael O'Connor. Um, the East guy in the 87 prelim. David Truella. David Truella. And I don't think he's an enemy, but he doesn't have too many natural enemies in there. But I remember the moment... I don't think he liked I many decided, No. I remember the moment that I really loved Mal Meninga was that moment in the ABC studios where Paul Osborne had done his very best to talk Mal into coming and running for his party because Paul wanted to get re-elected and thought with Mal standing by him, he'd get more votes. And he pressured Mal, who really didn't know what he was going to do after coaching. Didn't know where he was going to go there. He was confused. He didn't know what he was going it to was do. It was a bit of an ask clownery moment, though. But then he had the intestinal fortitude and the courage to say, you know what, I don't want to do this in any way, shape or form. And not just say, I've had enough, I don't want to do it. But then come back and say, I don't want to do it. And I thought to myself, you know what, that's integrity. That is integrity. He didn't go through with it like a sham and pretend he was someone he wasn't. No. He told us exactly who he was. When push came to shove, with a blowtorch on the belly... Mal Meninga's true character came out and said, I'm not doing this. This is not what I'm there Speaking for. Speaking of Mal Meninga, immortalised in bronze, and is there a statue? There's not a statue of Mal at the ground, is there? Yes. Isn't it just a grandstand? Is that Laurie Daly that's got there's a statue? A, yeah, there's a big bronze statue of <laughs> is there? Mal. Yeah, there really is. Okay, I believe you. Where's the statue of Ricky Stewart? I don't know, but it's coming. Where is it? Because my son was there at the game with me. He's nine years old. And one of the things about spending time with a young person and stuff, it's interesting because you see the world through fresh eyes. And yep. although he's been going to Raiders games for a number of years now, it's only really sort of grand final onwards that he's really understood and been engaged. And, mm. you know, and he's he's going, oh, there's the Mel Meninga stand. And then there's, uh, yep, there's Greg and Larkham. And there's Laurie Day has got a statue at the front. He's going, why doesn't Ricky Stewart have anything? That's a very good question, young Eddie. And this is why, Eddie... I hold you in such high esteem because you're such a good student of the game. You see it. Yes, there should be a statue to Ricky and it's going to be coming very, very soon because you know what? The bloke deserves it. You know, he came back when we needed him and he's brought us, he's got us up flat off our back onto our knees and now back into this state. And it's Ricky Stewart has done this, people. 100%. 100%. And you know what? Laurie Daly, great captain, great player, wonderful, all that stuff. Finished playing with us, was off like a fart in the wind. Do you know I wanted to, around 2003... I wanted to tear that down, that statue. And had social media been a thing at the time, maybe I could have like hmm. found some fellow like-minded yeah, yeah. Raiders crazies and we all could have pulled it down. Pulled it down. But pulled it down, his, Saddam Hussein style. Because it was watching a game, I was watching a game, and when he had gone to join his mate Nathan Brown yeah. as an assistant coach of the Dragons, and it was a Raiders uh, v. Dragons game on a Saturday afternoon, and his contempt, disdain, and disgust for the Raiders was really unpalatable. And... Uh, Raiders went on to win that game. I don't know if you remember it. Trent Barrett dropped the ball over the line and Laurie was absolutely filthy. I thought, you traitor. After mm. all we've done for you, fair enough, you go work for your mate with another team, but don't take delight in our misfortune and, you know, everything else. I really, Look, I really, I, I, I've forgiven Laurie since then. I have forgiven him. I had words with Ricky about this very subject and basically saying, where's Laurie? And Ricky's response was this. No, 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 no. Laurie is a Raider. He's a Raider of the core. And we won't be having... Do you know where Laurie, Laurie is at any point in time? Laurie is wherever the TRB pays him to be. Yeah, well, again, we're not going to be hacking on, on Laurie because Laurie is Raider's great. And you know the thing is, Ricky went back out and said, Laurie, 
these are big games, these are stuff, you're going to come back and you're going to show these these players what it means and you're going to be here and Laurie has come back. No, it's good. Ricky that brought Laurie good. back and Laurie has been there and Laurie's been doing what Laurie needs to be doing. And you know what? I mean, that's Ricky's whole ethos is, you know, once a Raider, always in it Raider. And that's right. But, but when I did raise, and this is the thing about Ricky, you can raise things that upset you about this and he is listening and he did listen and he went and said, Loz, come on. And Loz came. So you know what? He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. No, well, I'm saying I don't want to tear down the statue now. No, neither but do I. But I did. Cause but it... I do want a statue of Ricky. I think you're right. Yeah. Anyway, we've missed over my ass Clown of the Week, which is actually a really good ass Clown of the Week as opposed to your pathetic effort. But it does involve the Titans. Okay, I'm going to go for Sean Johnson as ass Clown of the Week. And you know why? If you think you've been bitten on the field and you carry on like you did to then... Pull out of it and say, "Oh no, no, no!" In the way well, it that happens you did. all the time. No, no, game. no. But it doesn't look. If you're going to get bitten and make a thing and get someone sent off, right, and then you retract it, it means I'm not going to listen to anything you ever say. But it again. happens all the time in the game because there's something happens and then you go, "Okay, who's who just did this? What are the ramifications?" I don't want to go on with it. But of course he nipped him to a small extent. It wasn't a, a James Graham on Billy Slater. No. You know, it was nothing like that. Sort no. Sort of like, I'm going to bite your nose off in a, in a northern yeah, yeah, yeah. English pub brawl. It was just a bit of a chomp. Um, yeah, but he but went we see, on... We see that all the time because do you not remember last year when Josh McGuire basically eye gouged yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameron Munster and More then... Basically and, did. Yeah, and then... Then Cameron Smith said, do you want to go on with this, you know? Yeah, but the thing is, when, when Munster backed out of that, he didn't say it didn't happen. He didn't say it didn't happen. He didn't say I was mistaken. He didn't pull away from do that. Do you know the, the worst, in the whole Proctor thing, the worst excuse, did you? He said that he suffers from sinus problems, and that's typically breathing through his nose, and that's why he was he was struggling with his mouth to... You know what? I don't think that's the worst. I, 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 Do you know of all... But here's the thing, and everyone was going, oh, it's not his go and stuff like this. This is the guy in round one of 2017 went egg farming on Jordan Rapiner. But they are best mates from um, from high school as well. What, and, and, I think you got a fight. you got a slap on the wrist. And plays in the New Zealand side with Sean yeah. Johnson. And the, so, and the other thing about Kevin Proctor, it's like, oh, he was getting grappled around the neck. How many times do you think in Kevin Proctor's career, particularly at the Storm, he grappled 10 years ago, he would, have, he would have grappled people around the neck. So I don't have a whole lot of sympathy yeah. for Kevin Proctor. But anyway, the only interesting thing to come out about biting and previous biting allegations, and do you know who the before Kevin Proctor, the last Gold Coast Titans player to be um, charged and suspended for biting was? Greg Bird. No, I'll just guess. It's 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 someone you would never think of in terms of people who it's not their go. Scott Prince. No, no, one of the nicest nicest people. A former Raider that went William to... Zillman. William Zillman. One of the nicest, cleanest players you'd ever meet. He got suspended for four weeks for biting. Right, well... And I'd forgotten all about that. Anyway, entirely. I just thought the way Johnson carried himself, not during the incident. I didn't have a problem with what he did during the incident. And he put Perinara in a position and the bunker where they had to send him off if they found any evidence of it. So basically, the Sharks win the match on the back of that. And then after he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, but I, I don't want to have to front up and you know actually do anything apart from win the match. And you know what? That makes you the ass clown of the week, Sean Johnson. Go to hell, you ass clown. Okay, but there must have been a few things that uh, irritated you, uh, Blake. In fact, made you want to go on the burst. This is a tired one, but seriously, Alfie Langer. Oh my god! It was just it was it was beyond a joke on um, on Saturday. There, the and nothing's happened. Nothing's no, happened about the, it. The, the highlight though was when um, George Williams knocked down the pass, and and there's Alfie signalling six again with his towel. He's holding up. Did you see that? 
Unbelievable! It's uh, no. Mind you, have you noticed Alfie's the size of a small bar fridge now? He's 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 as, he's almost as wide as he, he is, is yeah. tall. He's, he's like, a, but so is um so Stacy Jones. He's, really, he's a little keg. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's a keg. Stacy's yeah. a keg, but Alf is like um, a barrel. But the Stacey's thing a was, keg from the chest down to the waist, and then from the waist down it goes right. But Alfie's gone thick all the way down. The thing about Alfie was, I was the real surprise about seeing him um, talking the to the ref and trying to influence decisions yeah, or, as a trainer. Oh, the fact that he was constantly on the field, I thought he was like suspended for like breaching the. No, he ju- he just come back from that, and I must say there was a person from the NRL there specifically uh, measuring the um, trainers going on. I was watching them very closely, so Alfie wasn't on any more than he needed to be. There really was someone from the NRL watching Brett White and Alfie Langer very carefully and how more they- than he needed to be. More well, more than he was as allowed much as, to be. He was there as he much as he was allowed. There was definitely someone. Well, look, whatever he's telling the Titans, I mean the Titans, the Broncos, it's not working, so maybe try something oh, new. Definitely. Oh, definitely. To everyone's advantage, he's still there because it's not doing any good. But we do have the Titans come out. We've got an unchanged side. That's nice. It is. Well, we d- hasn't... Um, isn't Hasn't there been a swap between Young and Sutton, uh, and Sutton for the... No, lock? well, that that wasn't changed. That was the same from last time, but they swapped it pre-match. Ah, so, so last time Young, Young... Young came off the Sutton, bench. Sutton... Didn't have the best of no, games. He he, every time you think that he's ready to step up and cement his position in the team, Look, it really is only two handling errors, though. But there are two handling every every, and they week. were within a minute. Well, one of them, I uh, he was wrapped around the head. I really genuinely thought that the char- the challenge could have been used at that stage, saying, "Yeah, he dropped the ball, but have a look at him being reefed around the head, and that's a league." I don't think we know who our best number thirteen is, and I don't think Ricky knows. I think he's still. Trying to work that out. And I that's why I, think, I personally think it's Tarpano. I just think Tarpano. Nah, no, but the impact, as I've said, the impact of the bench. I hear what you're saying, but I think he's our best 13. But that impact is overwhelming that. And you got people, and plus, we've got Harawira Naira and we've got Gula coming back, at which point we're going to re- have real competition around, in around that spot. Um, but unchanged sides, but we're coming up against the Titans with no Proctor and no Jai Arrow. So they're two best tacklers. Not even sort of close. They're two absolute best tacklers. And they're two players with the worst haircuts. Yes. Oh my goodness gracious me! Are <laughs> uh, out, um, you know, and you, you got to look at the Titans and say to yourself, okay, so up front we got Jolliffe, Peets, and Wallace. That that's an adequate front row. That's okay? rubbish. Then that's second rubbish. second row we've got Hipgrave, and we don't know who's replaced Proctor yet, but it's going to be someone coming off the bench, um, and you don't even know who it's going to be. You know, it's probably going to be Tana Boyd. Who's gonna Who's gonna come into the side into that second row, or or maybe um, Aaron Clark? I oh no, he's a halfback, so it can't be him. So you know, Whitbread's a prop, so he could come back up into it. But you know, it it, it just you know, Firma could come up into that. But you're really dealing with you know a whole lot of players who you know Firma's got four games under his belt, you know, and he's coming in and he's going up against, and then they've got Fatawaka uh, locking the scrum at thirteen. He's that, a good player. He's he's adequate. He, he might make our bench. Might. Right? He's not going to make our starting side. He might make a bench. They're coming up against arrested Louis and Papali, Havili, Whitehead, Bateman, and Hudson Young. That's what they're coming up against. They're not in the hunt in the front row. They're not in the hunt. Right? And then in the, sec- in the back line is where if the Gold Coast got any chances, and if you're listening, people, you can come into Landspeed Records and get your warped records <laughs> sorted out. We have a machine here that will, in fact, flatten them out and make them as I'm getting, I'm getting absolutely uh, smashed by people bringing records. Don't bring them in for a couple of weeks, please. 
Yeah, but you can get them done and it works well. And we all know we've got that bent out vinyl that we left on that turnstile just a little bit too long. Sun hit it, Bob's your ex-Prime Minister. Their back line, you've got Fogarty, Jamal Fogarty, who's got 16 games and has been playing okay at halfback. He's an exciting attacking weapon, but his tackling ain't great. Then you've got Ash Taylor, and from one week to the next, you don't know whether he's going to be good. He is good, but where he's going to turn up. Young Turner Mapia. X out of the storm, who's a good winger, yeah. but I wouldn't rate him at all as a centre. You got Brian Kelly, who's Brian Kelly's always, I think, deceptively he's um, adequate. No, he was in the in the, when we played the round one here. Was that round one or yeah. two? He was good. He was their best player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we still we did. Oh, Tyron Peachy, I would have said was their best player. Yeah. Um, then you, on the wings, this is where things start really improving. You got um, you got Don and Sammy on the wings, who are good wingers. And you've got Brimson at the back, who's been playing really well at fullback. On the bench, they've got Tyron Peachy, who I believe at the moment is clearly the best player. Why he's on the bench, I don't know. You've got Sam Lasone, he's good. You've got Firma, and you've got um, young Sam Stone, who's um, uh, Steve Stone's lad, ex-Raider. Is, so, this the, is that the bench or the extended bench? That's the bench. Okay. Um, and, and that's up against an unchained Raiders side, which has a back line that, albeit, you know maybe it hasn't gotten to the first thing, should eat that to dinner. And, and when you put the, the bench on top of that, once the bench comes into play, and this is what I was saying on radio on Saturday night, was that the Broncos were holding on well in the first half and doing well and pumping the line, but they hadn't put enough points on yeah. to go over the fact that the second half they fall away and the Raiders step up. That's what happens. The Raiders' second halves are better than their first halves. They're better in the game and that, and the Broncos fall away. But on top of that, they hadn't put enough points on that because when the benches came into play, the Raiders' bench was so much better than the Broncos' bench that the Broncos were going to get cut up, well, and that's look, exactly what happened. You look at our bench for this game. Tom Starling, Tarpany, Ryan Sutton. And Harawira Nara. I mean, I know we've got some players out, but that And is... you could put Kai O'Donnell or Smith Shields back up onto that bench in, in place of one of those. But and... anyway, that bench is red hot, and really, quite often I think you find the differences between the Storm and the Roosters and, you know, the top teams... Yeah. And it's the a lot of the other teams, it's the bench. Because you look at a team like the Roosters, traditionally, they lose nothing when they have people yeah, the come off the bench. Up, but and they're losing same, something and, at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And, and same goes for the Storm. And now we're, I see our bench as a strength, not a weakness. And, and that's huge. If Gula, Horsburgh and Soliola are coming back... It's crazy. It, 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 the, the strength starts getting there. But you, you go and have a look at, you know, just talking about the Roosters bench at the moment, you know, they've got um, Freddie Lussick, who has not had a game... We got Famasuila. Uh, sorry, apologies, I said your name wrong. Um, Daniel Fafita's got three games up his sleeve, um, and then you know you've got um, Lindsay Collins, who's actually pretty pretty handy. Yeah. Beyond that, they've got you know an extended bench that really doesn't have much in there, and and they're missing a lot of stuff, so they're falling away. And it's that bench that's really costing them. The Raiders' first side, the first thirteen at the stage, might not be as good as some of the first thirteens that go on the field at this stage, arguably. I don't personally argue. I only think we're missing Hodgson and we're doing well for that. But when it does get down to the bench, our bench runs deep and it's a good, good bench. So that's where we're going to. But the Gold Coast weather will be 22 degrees, sunny and windy at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. So, you know... That's... You, you, trade off a bit of, you could trade off a bit of wind for a bit of sun right now, couldn't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely, I could. We've won six of the last seven against them. The Gold Coast only win in that lot was that horrible last-minute try by Conrad Hurrell in the 2017 yeah. game when Proctor went egg farming. And had he been sent off then, as he rightly should have been, um, that would have gone our way too. We've won three of the last four up there. 
and we blanked them last time we were up there in that horrible rain at the beginning of last season. Only twice in the last 11 games have the Titans failed to score less than 12 points, though. So we know they're going to score some points, but the problem they do have is they will concede points. They're going to concede points up there. So the question is, can they outscore the Raiders in here? And you'd have to say with the Raiders' defence, that's unlikely. Um, but the Raiders, I think, have got points in there. The stats predicted score based on their home scores and our away scores is 22-16 to the Raiders. But I've just got a feeling that the Raiders might post a score this week unless something goes diabolically wrong. He's hoping. So now we get to that stage that everyone's been waiting for. The extended bench. He's on the extended bench. The extended bench this week, we've got Tyron Peachy, um, 176 games. Sam Lasoni, 120. These are, the same people that, these are the same people that you just listed to being on the bench before, and I said, hang on, is that Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm listening to the bench, not the extended <laughs> bench. Oh, what am I doing here? That's oh. what I said to you. As, as, are these people on... The, the bench, yeah, yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah. I say the extended bench, we've got Corey Thompson. Good player. Yeah, he's a good, good player. Good player, went up there for an opportunity, and now, I guess, A.J. Brimson's back. Yeah, he is. And A.J. Brimson... You and know, he's too he's, small to go out to the centres, and, and, can, and why been, would you have him over Don or Sammy on the wings? Well, yeah, true, but he has done all right in the wings in the past. And you might put him into the playmaker, you know, like into a six as well, because You could turn quick. him into a hooker, you know, who knows, the pork will, will turn anyone into a, into I a seven or a nine. I won't turn into a hooker. You've got Tana Board, who's played 12 games, he's a halfback, um, 86 kilos. Why they've got two small ones on there, I don't know. You've got Jai Whitbread, who's We've a got prop. Matt Frawley and... and Sam Williams on accident bench, so what's the difference? Shut up. Uh, Jai Whitbread's got 23 games. He's a prop. He's on the extended bench. And then you've got uh, young Aaron Clark, nine games. He's a halfback. He's come well. out from the Warriors, hasn't he? Yeah, so they've got three small backs on their extended bench and one prop. So, And some one of those has to come up. So you've got to say it has to be Whitbread that's going to come up. I'd like Corey Thompson to come on. It's going to be Whitbread who's going to come up. Oh, look, they could put Peach into the second row. He's, he's played there before. He's played yeah, he's there played before. The when I first saw him playing for Cronulla, that's exactly where he's playing. Yeah. So he could come up. I think up his best position is centre, though. I mean, he's played six. He's played. I, when he played against us last time we played him, he went to six, and that's when they all of a sudden looked yeah. good. Before that point, they did not. I've look seen good. him. I've seen him play centre, uh, and give our captain JC a very torrid time. I think Tyron Peach is an Origin player. If he hadn't gone up there, if he'd stayed with Penrith, I think he, he he'd it's still. It's all fault. Yeah, oh, I'm certain it's Gould's fault. But we jumped out last time we played to them, you know, 18-0 at half time. They came back, strangled back into it, you know, and it was 18-6 until the 65th minute when Elliot Whitehead went across to yeah, close it was it a moment in that game where yeah. I was a little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we started off as like, this is a cakewalk. Jack White's the best player in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, just yeah. stroll over uh, yeah, yeah. Ash Taylor. And then it went south. But anyway... And then, yeah, there was, there's always a moment where it's... Uh, on our extended bench, we got... Sammy Williams, we got Harley Smith Shield, we got Kaya Donnelly, we got Matt Frawley. Look, um, so it's weird. We've got two small backs, but we've got one one outside back and and a, and, and a small prop. Yeah, but I'm so still... it's pretty much everything you criticised the Titans. Yeah, but I think their our ones are bench. better than theirs. <laughs> so I'm giving the extended <laughs> bench to the Raiders. So, but we do have reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. And the reasons to be cheerful is the run-home games, we've got seven, they're all winnable. Now, I don't dare to dream that we're going to win them all because this is the Raiders we're talking about here, people. And, you know, we have that, that, that circle of despair to hope, the despair to hope. We're on a roll at the moment, though. We're on a roll. On a roll again. Yeah, one in a row. One in a row. <laughs> woo One in a row. Okay. Um, and there are three games, as I said earlier, where there's a possibility of boosting our for and against, which would be nice. Um, another reason to be cheerful, and you will note in the press conference, I managed to get the agenda out for the Fox and for the Daily Telegraph stories. Uh, uh, 
this is the influence of this show because I say something on this podcast. Yeah, that's right. Then it gets picked up by someone else. Yeah. Who yeah. then mentions it at a press conference. Someone else. And, and, and who, then, who was that someone else? <laughs> yeah, but where does it... It starts with Blake. Oh, and then, it, then the pork picks up on it. Oh, it does it. And then he runs with it at the press conference. And then, yeah, I know. I have a lot of influence. That's what you're saying. Next thing, there's <laughs> stories in the Camera Times being written about things it I've said the on the podcast. It wasn't the Camera Times. It was the Bloody Daily Telegraph, well, the Sydney Morning Herald, well, the Fox League, and the yeah. NRL site. And all it started from Blake. Yeah, right. Anyway, but I got that that stuff out. But the other one that I got out was that Bateman's impact is like, it's not so much that he's doing anything, it's that he's there and he freaks them out because he might do something. He's just so awkward as well. He, he is so awkward. And just his impact on the game freaks people out. I think the mistake he made against Villamite Kikau was... Um, rubbing him in the much. face. Rubbing in the that face. That probably didn't help. <laughs> but trying too much when yeah. all he really has to be is him. Yeah. He doesn't have to be anybody else but him. And that's enough to unsettle everybody around him, except his own teammates. I think he's. I think he's. You know, you could see that game at home. He's had a long layoff, and as as we sort of discussed in this podcast, there's probably times, and he's come out and he said himself, you know, he wondered what his career held. Would he recover from these shoulder operations? And now he's had a couple of games to get back into the groove, and you know, he's. I think he's hitting his straps again. And then you mm. you said last game, you're expecting a big game from him, and we he, got he certainly. He certainly delivered. He was outstanding, and we got it. Me and my son were parked on the on the t- the twenty two, uh, sitting very close to the sideline. And when he's come out of the kickoff to take his position there, he's turned to the crowd. He's given everyone a clap and a thumbs up and everything. And it was a wonderful moment. It was so good to have him back. And it, that game, of course, made us realise you know how much we will miss him oh, next year. Look, but I don't, yeah, we've I, got to enjoy it while we can. I don't wish you on the English Super League. But if it folds and goes over, I, I am certain one of the next things we need to do is get his daughter and his daughter's mother and family out here to Canberra. To yeah, but he's not Bateman with here. he's not with his daughter's mother. So that's, it's like that's absolutely right. But it's unfair just, to bring her out and take, leave the mother there. I think you know we're a family. Well, club it's not going to happen. It's not because the mother's the primary. I can dream, can't I? Yeah, carer. but bring her out as well. She might want to come out and. She doesn't <laughs> want to leave Bradford and come to Australia. That now you're and going also too. I might if, be far fetched with my hopes, but that's far fetched. There's some fairly serious salary cap um, considerations. That's nothing to do with that. You can't pay for someone's family to come out to Australia. The club cannot pay for. We wouldn't to... be paying for it. We'd just be encouraging it to happen. Who said we'd pay for it? You'd have to prove that we'd be paying for that. What proof do you have of that? You're just casting. <laughs> the porks. The porks go. You're fund casting. Your the porks go fund me. Yeah, Speaking yeah, yeah. of the salary cap, the other reason to be cheerful we go there is Soliola Gula and Horsburgh are all back running. Now I talked to Emre, um, and he's he's feeling very good about his leg. He's How just has it been like run. five weeks, five six weeks, six weeks. Yeah. Um, it was the St George match. Yeah, he went off in, um, but he was looking fine. He says he's been him and and um, Big Red. Crazy Horse have been doing all the weights and stuff. They're back, but they're starting running. And Soliola is back now training as well. Um, and they definitely haven't written him off for the, for the season. So that's really good reasons to be cheerful. Now, what were you saying? The salary cap. Yes. It's still unclear for it season is. 2021. And at the moment, we haven't re-signed um, Rapana. Yep. And we haven't re-signed um, Tommy Starling. Mm-hmm. They are two priority re-signings. So we need to know our salary cap position soon because this is starting to worry me. But that's also the same with every club at the present moment. Like, everyone's sitting there thinking, well, what have we got? What have we got? And Peter Volandis' issue at the moment is not telling us what we've got for next season. It's keeping this season going. So he'll get to that when he gets to it. Yeah. And that and that's what he's going to do. And and while, yeah, there's players with their future up in the air, 
Well, Tommy Staley is playing for his next contract, and Jordan Rappin is playing for the next contract. Jesus, you see that the Jordan Rappin quotes. Yeah, yeah. Get it done, Donny. Get it done, Donny. <laughs> actually, I actually it. agree with you, Donny. Get it done. Well, look, especially with especially with he's been losing. such a good servant. And you can just see that the 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 talk, the influence, the leadership. Yeah, I'll tell you, he talks a lot on the field. Curtis Scott, I didn't realize quite how vocal he is. He's got a lot to say, not yeah. just to his own side. No, he loves the opposition. Talking a lot to the opposition. Because, like I say, being at a, at a game close to the sideline when there's hardly anyone there, uh, the you first couple, of, more, the, yeah, you? the first couple of times you go there, it's it's a bit weird. But now it's just is the new normal, and yeah, you can hear a lot. And I tell you, we were right there when um, Rappin got hit high by Stags. Yeah. Uh, and dropped the ball in the, trying to score, you know, went out when he got clopped around the jaw. That was a pretty loud and sickening sound, i got to say. I didn't, I was on the opposite the corner, side, yeah. so I didn't hear yeah. it, but I did see it yeah. on the big screen yeah. as I was looking at it, and I thought, geez, that's going to be a penalty. It was like that real whack. And I, it, we did get the penalty for that, but I was interested, that, and I'm not surprised at all that um, uh, Stags didn't get suspended for that, because while it was high, it was a penalty on field. It wasn't high enough impact to get a suspension. I was surprised Haas got suspended for the crusher. I didn't think... They're cracking down on crushers big I time. I just didn't think that... I, I personally, from that replay, thought that was... Yes, it had the impact they're talking about, but it was clearly an accident. I there think, was I think the base zero now, intent from it. Yeah, I think the base now, though, is um, two-week penalty. And if, yeah, you've got, if just, you've got, you know, no prize where you can discount it down to one week but I think they've made and he must have some prize so it's, it's two weeks uh, was it? I thought it was only one look I, I just thought the no, player, two weeks. I thought the weeks. player got in the you know bad it, for mine it was clearly an accident and the player got straight back up and it wasn't because they were trying to say home oh, a man I don't want to go off for an HIA which was the reason that was given to me by the Raiders for Toots getting up when um, uh, yeah the, uh, God what's his name the Penrith outside back got racially abused Naden when Naden Kate hanging him yeah. he got straight back up rather than staying down because he knew he'd have to go off for an HIA okay, yeah. and my argument at that stage was that's not the worst thing in the world going off for an HIA if it means a guy gets sin binned yeah. um, but the ethos they were saying is you don't stay down unless you're down um, mm. which is good it's, it's admirable but I wish all the other clubs could be that admirable <laughs> anyway uh, we've just got time for one more thing and it's Blake Stradamus Blake Stradamus is is extension of, of last week's Blake Stradamus the drum beats are getting louder for Oliver Gildart to the Raiders next season Ooh. you heard it first on this show you've still only heard it on this show but during the week I was on Instagram and uh, there was a post from Josh Hodgson and do you know who liked that post? Gildart Oliver Gildart and he said he said keep it up mate well so this is the thing about Blake Stradamus it's not that I actually have some incredible um, you know, superpower. It's just that I'm just able just to pick up little pieces of information out there, see things that others can't see and read between the lines. Because, you know, Instagram posts can be very um, can be very strong indicators of what's going to happen. Because I don't know if you know, a few weeks ago, mm. Nick Kotrick posted a picture of, of a blue pair of Beats by Dre headphones he'd mm. been given. And one of the other players said, that'll go nicely with your new Bulldogs jersey. What happened? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you see, and Josh Hodgson, this also was a Beats by Dre related post. So I, I think Oliver Gildart, lock him in. 2021. Lock him in. All right, and just before we go, uh, we've got our listener of the week, Blake and the Porks, listener of the week. And this week, it's John Tuxworth, Tuxy, at Tuxy81. Now, Tuxy, former um, 
uh, Canberra Raiders rugby league aficionado went up uh, to Townsville. Worked Canberra up there, Times, came Canberra back, Times reporter once wrote an article in the came Canberra back Times. down, went to Wagga. Now's out somewhere in the bush. He's covering the young cherry pickers games out there. Diehard, absolute diehard Raider supporter, which is hard to imagine when you see how much of a hard time Ricky Stewart used to give him in the press conferences, but he's diehard. Anyway, you have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, the third most popular, we're still clinging to that, yeah. uh, Raiders uh, podcast on the internet. Third most popular, one of the most influential. Oh, definitely most influential, but third most popular, yeah. you know, influential yeah. in popularity, you know, yeah. who knows that. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.